Welcome. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com, and we both welcome you back to The New World Next Week. This is episode 195 of The New World Next Week, and everything you need is at NewWorldNextWeek.com. And we've got everyone's favorite divisive topics this week, racism, Edward Snowden, but we will begin with the Bilderbergs. As the agenda is revealed and the elite are desperate to rescue their unipolar world, and we'll take it from globalresearch.ca, the 2014 Bilderberg meeting in Copenhagen, Denmark, taking place amidst a climate of panic for many of the 120 globalists set to attend the secretive confab with Russia's intransigence in the crisis in Ukraine and the anti-EU revolution sweeping Europe, posing a serious threat to the unipolar world order Bilderberg has spent over 60 years helping to build. The 2014 meeting will allegedly center around how to derail a global political awakening that threatens to hinder Bilderberg's long-standing agenda to centralize into a one-world political federation, a goal set to be advanced with the passage of the TTIP, the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership, this deal being spearheaded by Obama's U.S. Trade Rep Michael Froman, a Wall Street insider and CFR member, Bilderberg's sister organization. Michael Froman is simultaneously helping to build another block of global government, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the TPP. So you got the TTIP and the TPP confusing people with acronyms, but ultimately it all equals NWO. TPP, of course, centering on Asian countries. Bilderberg will be tackling a number of other key issues, most of which will evolve, or rather revolve, around the continued effort to centralize economic power under all the different guises, carbon taxes, rumbling crisis in Ukraine, relationship between Russia and NATO will also be a focal point, which is the interesting note, James, before I, I throw it back to you. Bilderberg will discuss fears that Putin is intent on constructing an alternative world order based around the BRICS countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, a multipolar system that would devastate the dollar as the world reserve currency, as reported very recently right here on New World Next Week, and also heavily dilute the current U.S.-EU-NATO power access. So, of course, there's no shortage of coverage on Bilderberg. As the years have gone by, the, the, the jig is up and the secrecy has, for the most part, been lifted. But that doesn't stop what has been called already the veil of secrecy dropping and journalists are being arrested. Dan Dix of Press for Truth and Luke Rakowski of We Are Change both arrested in Denmark at the Marriott while covering Bilderberg 2014. James? Exactly right. So uh, we will throw in some links of uh, some videos about that, and I will be interviewing Dan Dix just a few hours from when we're recording this. So that interview will probably be up on my website before this is posted, but sometime in the coming hours it will be up on my website. So stay tuned for that as we uh, ramp up some live Bilderberg coverage here on CorbettReport.com. And yes, the agenda is interesting. The official agenda has been posted on the Bilderberg Meetings website as usual, so we'll throw in a link to that and you can read about some of the interesting topics they have up for discussion, including is the economic recovery sustainable? <laughs> economic recovery, good one. Uh, the new architecture of the Middle East. Uh, does privacy exist? Following up from last year's uh, conversation about big data um, taking over everything. Uh, special, uh, how special is the relationship in intelligence sharing? Uh, the, uh, Ukraine, what next for Europe? Uh, an interesting one that I don't even understand. Who will pay for the demographics? 
I, I don't even know what that means. Who will pay for the demographic? So some interesting things up there on the official agenda. And of course, there's the official attendee list also up there with the names of the people they want to admit are attending this uh, summit. Of course, there are always people who are not on the official like guest list, and those are the interesting ones. Hopefully, we'll see some of those and get some pictures of them coming in as often happens at these summits, depending on the physical setup and the security. But yes, Dan Dix, Lukrakowski already arrested in the name of reporting on this, so the atrocities against freedom of speech and freedom of the press already beginning. As you say, the, uh, the coverage is ramping up every year, so this is a positive sign, and I'm going to be talking about some of those positive movements towards uh, defeating the, the Bilderberg, or at least exposing them, in a speech that I'm going to be making to the We the People Bilderberg Conference that's taking place there in Copenhagen, a sort of alternative Bilderberg or, or uh, some, a counterbalance to that uh, that secretive meeting that's going on. This one is public, and it will be broadcast live on the web, so I understand if you want, you'll be able to log into the We the People Bilderberg website and actually watch uh, my speech and all the rest of the speeches live. That will be 2 p.m. Copenhagen time on Friday. That's 9 p.m. here in Japan. That'll be 8 a.m. Eastern in the United States. And you can work that out for yourself wherever you happen to be in the world. So people can watch that and uh, we'll have some more Bilderberg coverage this weekend on Corporate Report. That would be 5 a.m. to me here on the West Coast in the Americas. And we'll move, James, I think, to our second story this week that actually contains... What I really enjoyed, you and I both kind of turning each other on to stories we hadn't heard about. So we'll take it from the Telegraph as Edward Snowden admits, I was a spy at all levels. U.S. fugitive intel leaker Edward Snowden trained as a spy and worked undercover overseas for intelligence agencies, he told NBC News in excerpts of an interview that aired Tuesday. In his first interview in U.S. media, Edward Snowden hit back at claims that he was merely a low-level contractor, saying he worked, quote, at all levels, from the bottom on the ground all the way to the top, end quote. Snowden, who has been charged in the U.S. with espionage, was granted asylum by Russia in August 2013 after shaking the American intelligence establishment to its core with a series of leaks on mass surveillance in the U.S. and around the world, saying, quote, I was trained as a spy in sort of the traditional sense of the word in that I lived and worked undercover overseas, pretending to work in a job that I'm not, and even being assigned a name that was not mine. I don't work with people. I don't recruit agents. What I do is put systems to work for the United States, and I've done that at all levels, from the bottom on the ground all the way to the top. So when they say I'm a low-level systems administrator that I don't know what I'm talking about, I'd say it's somewhat misleading, end quote. Snowden said he had worked covertly as a technical expert for the Central Intelligence Agency, the National Security Agency, as well as a trainer for the Defense Intelligence Agency. James, before we get to the related, I'm sorry, but I just have to mention how this reminds me of an old episode of The Simpsons from 1994 where Bart and Lisa trick Sideshow Bob into confessing a crime he committed by saying and telling him that, oh, yeah, we know you're just a naive pawn and a puppet. You couldn't have done this all on your own. And his pride wouldn't let him sit quietly. He had to say, no, I am the mastermind of this. I can't help but feel like this is Snowden's way of saying, oh, you think I'm a low-level contractor? Oh, yeah, I'm a spy at all levels. And that just brings up Oswald and all the other sorts of patsies. James... 
that story as well this one and and I had missed this story James and this is kind of the perfect media monarchy type story Glenn Greenwald loves Sony now that they've bought the rights to his Edward Snowden book Quote, I'm very happy to be working with Amy Pascal, Doug Belgrad, and the team at Sony Pictures Entertainment who have a successful track record of making thoughtful and nuanced true-life stories that audiences want to see, said Glenn Greenwald, of the same executives he had previously accused of producing the ultimate hagiography of the most secretive arm of America's national security state when they made Zero Dark Thirty, but now he heartily endorses them because they're giving him lots of money. James. <laughs> you can't put it more blatantly than that. And that's exactly the situation, isn't it? The very producers who made the movie that he was decrying as torture porn. Hey, now they're giving him money. Hey, I'm, I'm happy to work with these guys. It couldn't be more blatant. It couldn't be any more out in the open what, the, what this operation, this snow job operation is, has turned into. And at this point, I don't think anyone has any excuse for going along with the, uh, the, the official propaganda that is now being trumpeted 24-7 on all the MSM networks. Uh, you know, MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, Sky News, BBC. Uh, you don't get that much coverage internationally and, oh, he's coming to America. Will he be arrested? No, no, he won't. <laughs> I mean, it just it doesn't get any more blatant than this. So I hope people out there are keeping track of the alt media that are still continuing to suck up to Omidyar and uh, his underling Greenwald and trying to, uh, to openly petition them on Twitter. Oh, please, pretty please give us a grant. Uh, it's just sickening. And uh, add that to the recent brouhaha, which we'll link to um, regarding WikiLeaks. Uh, leaking some extra information about what The Intercept redacted recently regarding the uh, the five countries that they were revealing information about, but they redacted the the identity of one of those countries, and WikiLeaks came out and said, it's Afghanistan. Uh, and if they redact about Afghanistan, they're going to redact about anything else the government tells them to do. So again, it's one big snow job, and here's Snowden coming along to say, hey, yep, yeah, I'm a spy. Well, I mean, this is exactly what we've been saying for months and months in our various conversations and, and uh, interviews that I've recorded recorded on CorbettReport.com. Every single aspect of his biography is that of a spy. It is not of some low-level systems analyst. He's a high school dropout who becomes a special forces dropout, who becomes a CIA undercover operative in the Swiss embassy, who gets uh, posted around the world for the NSA, and ends up uh, suddenly having a change of heart after saying that he wanted to shoot uh, uh, whistleblowers in the testicles. Um, now he's uh, the, the, the grand whistleblower of them all in this big operation. So again, it's just I have to laugh at the people who are continuing to buy into this, and uh, and I hope they've had their wake-up call with some of these latest stories. James, a couple of relateds will include, in, in addition to the WikiLeaks related that you just mentioned, as well, our own coverage here on New World Next Week, going back to not only May and June of 2013, covering Snowden and Zero Dark Thirty, but also on into the, the past. Those links are included, but also a couple of recent updates with the support of the Obama administration, the House NSA surveillance reform bill includes, of course, gaping loopholes. And if you recall the big hacking case that happened as the DOJ indicted five Chinese military officials and accused them of international hacking, that whole case belies the profitable U.S. links with those very China corporations, and they are unlikely to break any of that. If you recall a few weeks ago when we talked about all oh, the sanctions against Russia, it's a big show. We're still going to work together because behind the scenes, the agenda rolls forward. James, our third and final story this week, 
We'll take from OttawaCitizen.com as U.S. activist Cynthia McKinney seeks new trial for Dennis Rancourt, a high-profile American activist who ran ran for president in 2008 as the Green Party nominee, started a petition protesting Dennis Rancourt's treatment during his ongoing civil trial for allegedly defaming University of Ottawa law professor Joanne St. Louis. Cynthia McKinney, former six-term member of the U.S. House of Representatives and the first black woman elected to represent Georgia in the House, created the petition on change.org this Wednesday, May 28th. As of Friday afternoon, or rather, this was a week prior. I'm sorry, I got my dates wrong. The petition, regardless, expresses grave concern about Ontario Superior Court Judge Michelle Charbonneau's unjust treatment of Rancourt during the trial. Charbonneau's decision to disallow one of Rancourt's three legal defenses, it says, is a, quote, shocking affront against basic justice that puts Canadian courts in disrepute. It points out Charbonneau's connections to the University of Ottawa. The judge is a graduate and has contributed to scholarship funds and calls for a new trial with a judge who has no ties to the university, which is funding St. Louis's lawsuit. The petition asserts, quote, this attempt to railroad Dr. Rancourt in his defamation trial is a disservice to all justice-seeking citizens. Now, Joanne St. Louis is seeking a million dollars in damages from Rancourt, formerly a tenured professor of physics who was fired in 2009 by the University of Ottawa for characterizing her as University President Alan Rock's House Negro in two postings of his U of O Watch blog in 2011. Rancourt made the comment after the university asked St. Louis, Joanne St. Louis, to assess a student report that alleged there was already systemic racism in its academic fraud processes. St. Louis found serious methodological problems with the report, but recommended the university conduct an independent review of the allegations. We will include links to U of O Watch blogspot.ca and of course the petition from Cynthia McKinney on change.org but James can you break this story down for us please yes well it is a complex story and it has now three years of legal wrangling backstory to it but people might be able to cast their mind back a few weeks ago where I interviewed Denis Rancourt about the idea of defamation law in Canada and around the world and how it works and exactly what we talked about in that interview is what applies in this situation basically this person who's suing him for libel doesn't have to prove any any malice uh, on his part, doesn't have to prove that there were any material damages of any sort whatsoever to herself, her reputation. Uh, Again, all of this is just assumed because when you sue someone for defamation, this is what happens. So this is the exact process that we were talking about, and I did an eye-opener report about this uh, looking at freedominion.ca, which is another Canadian website that's uh, had some problems with uh, libel and and all of these legal wranglings. It all goes back to the same problems uh, uh, that goes to the heart of this defamation law. And uh, people in the United States who are lucky enough to have the First Amendment, I, I hope you appreciate what you have because there are many countries around the world that do not have privileges like that, or not privileges, rights like that, and uh, and they need to be instituted in countries like Canada. And so people who are interested in this story, please follow some of the links and read through. It is an interesting story about this uh, this whole trial. And yes, Denis Rancourt has walked out on his own trial because they disallowed his only defense, 
Um, and, and so he has no defense to, to, that he's allowed to offer. So he walked out of the trial. It's the first time that's happened in decades and decades in Ontario. If people are interested in supporting him, there is that change.org petition, once again, started by Cynthia McKinney. You can go and read that and uh, sign it at change.org. So um, just an interesting story. And apparently the ruling is probably going to come next week. So we'll find out pretty soon whether or not he's going to have to pay the million dollars in damages that she's seeking. And we will provide that update when it happens, probably here at the end of the episode, where we supply some of the updates and some of the things that folks suggest on Twitter using hashtag New World next week, like a couple of these coming out of the UK, such as one from at Von Hash. Government working closely with GM industry to bring GM crops to the UK. Now, this is interesting, James. Some of the other things that I want to include here just as we wrap up. We were talking last week about some of the successes that we had in our primary election. Two counties in Oregon banning GMOs. One of the other things that happened I didn't want to get into. It was a little too, you know, small town news to try and get into exactly. But essentially voters rejected a new independent water bureau now if you recall all the work we've talked about here about whether it's fluoride or nestle or any of the water issues we've had here in portland it was really interesting that the largest e coli boil water notice in portland's history came hours after voters roundly and soundly rejected creating that new independent water board so we were boiling water here for three plus days here in portland but the great part about that in a way was to use the outreach that it's always important to always filter your water regardless of a boil notice blown out of proportion or not you should always filter your water have you read what they say is okay to put in your water and i think it's also important to of course keep unfiltered water stored away it was just a good kind of small little prepper reminder but on the good news next week note james this past saturday on the 24th Thousands joined Portland's second annual March Against Monsanto, as folks did all around the world, and we'll include some of those links to some of the local action, as again, my amazing partner Cassie Cohn spearheaded the march for the second year with a handful of volunteers. She emceed the whole thing. I just want to actually just give huge props to her and all the folks out there that helped. As do I. I second that. All right. Well, let's leave it there for this week. Thank you again. Lots of great links in the show notes. I hope people are using them as the resource they are. So we'll do it again next week. All right. Thanks so much, man.